It's the promise that we have in him that gathers us in this space tonight. We don't gather in our own strength. We gather in his strength. We gather because he is our God. And he greets us and he says this, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people say, amen. And as God's given us that gift of reconciliation with him, we get to celebrate that gift of reconciliation with each other. So with a hug or a handshake or a high five or just a fist bump if you're a little sick, look someone in the eye and say God's peace to them. Go. y'all singing anymore till after the sermon okay good all right well a few announcements uh first of all you may not need this one but just in case anybody's watching us who is unaware we don't have loft next weekend because we're all going to be at thanksgiving break yes thanksgiving break amen that's right that's right so uh, no loft next week, and then we'll come back and uh, have loft on December 2 and December 9. And just uh, looking ahead, December 9 will be our end of semester testimony service. So uh, we'll give you a little more instruction on that, but just be thinking about uh, what God's been teaching you over the semester through the Jesus Questions study, through the Gospel of John, and what you want to remember about the semester. So uh, that's on December 9. We have communion tonight which is awesome, yes. Uh, the folks from First CRC are here, and we're grateful for that. And because it's communion, we give you an update on uh, all the gifts you've given to the Community Care Fund. Um, so far this semester, you all have given $4,672.88. So well done, well done. Now, fun fact... This is only $100 less from our entire fall 2017 total. And we still have today and two more Sundays. So, so let's just smash that record of last year, okay? Um, so uh, give tonight, give the next two weeks. You can always give on Venmo, always available for you. Um, so thanks for giving. And again, I've said this, we've had some students who've had some needs. It's been really great to be able to say to them, your community cares so much about you that they give. And we give because we worship a God who has cared deeply for us. And so uh, that's a joy. And so just know that um, the 88 cents that you threw in here makes a difference. So keep giving as God has blessed you. And then tonight we'll be praying for members of our community. Um, tonight we're going to highlight our off-campus students. And then um, I want to pray particularly for um, some of our athletic teams. Um, if you were tracking, we had three teams involved in national championship weekends of, at some level. Um, the cross-country team ran yesterday, and I don't know if you, any of you all have been to a cross-country meet. Four, four teams? Who was the other one? Women's, men's and women's cross-country, thank you, former runner. Um, Yes, the men's and women's cross-country teams ran yesterday, and then our soccer team and our volleyball teams also played. In the men's cross-country, there was a 30-person pile-up at the beginning of the race, and five of our runners were involved in the pile-up. And uh, if you know anything about cross-country, and if you don't, here, let me tell you, um, if you fall down at the beginning of a national championship race, the odds of you finishing anywhere near where you wanted to decrease enormously. And so instead of our team, which was ranked in the top three, um, having a finish up there, they finished 19th overall. And, uh, and that's just very disappointing if you have spent years um, working to this level, particularly for our seniors. Um, it's just it's a real crushing blow. And then 
Uh, many of you may have watched our volleyball team who have had a lot of scrappy matches and then last night played against Emory who played a flawless game. Um, and I want to say, having been there with them, that our team is just classy. They are just all class. And they played well. They played with joy. Um, and yet for them, too, there's this, like, so close, right? And, uh, and don't say to any of these athletes, like, well, you know, you were, like, still got to go to nationals, or you still were national runners-up, because that's like saying, you know, well, you wanted an A, but you got to be minus. That's fine, right? That's not what they wanted. And so to grieve well with people is to say, it hurts to lose. And none of us wanted that for you. And thank you for representing our school so well. All right, that, practice that. Those are the kinds of things you say, okay? And then our soccer team won. Yes, they won last night. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if you watched that game. That was, that was amazing. And then they play the first weekend in December. So they get uh, all the way to December the first weekend. They'll be in Greensboro, North Carolina to play in the final four of the soccer team. So, and you know, our swimming team and our basketball teams, like our winter sports are up and running too. So we got a lot going on. Um, but for those of you who are athletes you, or have been athletes, you understand all that's involved in that. And for those of you who are not athletes, now's our chance to develop empathy uh, and love for our athletes. So this is one more way in which we care for each other. So just in your prayers this week, just think about our athletic teams and, and all that they're dealing with. Okay. Cool. Now we get to give our offering, which is awesome. And for those of you who are guests, we give for something we call the Community Care Fund, and it goes straight to students. And uh, if you don't have cash with you, you're welcome to use Venmo. Uh, If you have cash or a check, you can throw that in the baskets as they come around. And we give because our God is generous to us. So let's take that offering now. Oh, and we are so excited that one of our Ready for Life students, Danny Moore, is going to be playing our offertory for us today. So let's welcome Danny. Thank you, Danny. We're so glad you're part of our community. Let's pray together. 
God, we give you praise and thanks that we are part of a community that celebrates the gifts of each other. We're grateful for Danny and all the others who lead us musically, who sing and play, who run projection and sound. We're grateful for all that they do. We're grateful for the members of our community who use their bodies in different ways to play sports and run fast. And we celebrate their successes and we grieve with them and their losses. And we pray particularly our grace and peace today for our men's cross-country team and for our women's volleyball team. And we're grateful that even in loss, they represent you and us so well. And we ask for health and for injury-free seasons for all who are competing right now. We thank you for dance. We thank you for the Dance Guild and all the ways that we are able to celebrate the cultures of this world through music and dance. We're grateful for the play, those who act and direct, those who make props and build sets. We're grateful that we have all these different ways to express our creativity. And we pray this week for uh, those in our community who live off campus. We pray that we are good neighbors. We pray that we invest in the relationships in our own houses, that we don't let conflicts fester, but that we move toward them in grace and in truth. We pray, Lord, that we become uh, good people to live with. We pray that we love our housemates and we love our neighbors as you have asked us to do. We pray for our community this week as we finish off projects and as many of us will travel. We pray for safety. We pray for a good home going. We pray for all for whom home feels like rest and renewal. And we particularly lift up those for whom going home feels like maybe anxiety producing and uncertainty. And Lord, we pray for the many members of our community who won't be going home this weekend because home is too far away. And so we pray for them on this campus to feel rest and renewal right here and that they will be able to celebrate all that you have given them. We're grateful, Lord, that we are a community that's able to gather around your word. We thank you for our Barnabas students who've led us in the Jesus questions this semester, for all the ways in which you, Jesus, have asked these questions of us and invited us to sit with you and think about them and reflect on them. Thank you for how we've learned to think and pray differently because of these questions. We thank you for the Gospel of John and how that has shaped our conversations this semester. And we pray now, Holy Spirit, that as we open your word, and that you will again surprise us by what we learn, by what we hear, by how we are both comforted and convicted. Come amid us, Holy Spirit, we pray. And we ask this all through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So tonight we have the joy of looking at John 15. John 15, this is page 878. The black books around you are the Bibles, page 878. We'll be reading verses 1 through 17. And tonight I'm going to ask you to chime in every time you see the word abide. Abide, that's your line, okay? This is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed or pruned by the word that I've spoken to you. In me, as I, in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it, in the vine, neither can you unless you, in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who, in me, and I in them, bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not, in me, is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you, in me, and my words, in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of the Lord. On one of the first holidays when I went home from college, I came down for breakfast on that morning, and I saw my youngest sister, my little sibling, sitting at the table eating a Pop-Tart. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, eating a Pop-Tart? I said, mom, seriously, she's eating a Pop-Tart right now? And my mom was like, yes. I said, I had 18 years of oatmeal and she gets a Pop-Tart? Are you kidding me right now? Like, what has happened to my family? (laughs) And my little sister, being the youngest sibling, you know how they are, she gave me that look like... (laughs) (laughs) Right? And it was just this, this first realization of, like, home changes. Home changes on you. And it's not just your own home. It's like... Your hometown changes on you. In my hometown, the community swimming pool became the aquatic center. (laughs) Okay. All the cornfields that I used to ride my bicycle by, they're all condos now. I get lost. The high school where I went... They have remodeled so extensively that when I went there last fall to give a speech, I couldn't find my way out of the high school I went to. Home changes. It changes on you. Some of you are going to find this out. You're going to go home, and it's going to be like your younger brother suddenly has a half hour later curfew. You'll be like, what's going on there? You know, you're going to go home and you're going to find out one of your neighbors moved and you're like, nobody told me. You're like, did you ever have any interest in them? But still, someone could have told me. (laughs) You're going to look out the back and go, oh, so-and-so added a deck. Nobody told me that they added a deck. Like, all of these things are going to, you're going to go home, they're going to change. You're going to be like, what is going on? I was looking forward to stability, and everything's changed. You're, you're ready to go in and, like, hit the cookies. You know where all the, the places are, where all the food is, and you find out your parents are on Whole30, and there's, like, no sugar in the house. <laughs> like, what is happening right now? Home changes. This is something that Jesus understood really well. You see, he speaks these words here in John 15 to the disciples right before he makes the road to the cross. It's just hours, actually, before he's going to go into the trial, when he's going to go to the cross. This is the last real time he can spend with the disciples and focus on him before he dies. And he knows what's coming for them. He knows that everything that they have called home is going to be disrupted. Everything that has been stable for them, everything that has been constant for them is just going to be thrown into disarray. The Jewish community that reared them up is going to reject them. 
The Roman Empire, which has just kind of been out there as a structure around them, is going to become very personal because it's going to hunt them down. They're going to leave the area that they've known their entire lives, go out into a world, start talking about a man who died and rose from the dead, and some people are going to believe them, but a lot of people aren't. Jesus knows that home, stability, rootedness is changing for his disciples. And this is why he says to them, abide in me. Abide in me. There's one scholar who actually translates this as, make your home in me. Make your home in me. And when we think about home, in the best case scenario, home is a place where we are safe. Home is a place where we don't have to impress anybody. Home is a place where we can have sweatpants and sticky uppy hair and people just love us. That's, that's home. So when Jesus is saying to his disciples, make your home in me, abide in me, he's saying, I need to be your safe place. I need to be your constant. Think about it this way. I am the root. I go deep. I'm the vine. You're the branches. You abide in me. You're centered in me. I'm your security. I'm your safe place. The world is going to be disruptive. The world is going to mess with you. Your homes are going to be lost to you in every way you think of home. I will be your home. Abide in me. And we've seen, as we've studied the Gospel of John, we've seen all the ways in which Jesus demonstrates his love for his disciples. We've seen how he lets them in when he turns water into wine, when he changes bread and loaves for a few into bread and loaves for a thousand. We've seen his love for them when they're out on the water and they're scared, terrified, and he shows up. And he calms everything down. We've seen his love for his friends when he raises Lazarus. And they've seen his love for everybody on the margins, from Samaritans to women to the disabled. His love has been the thing that they've been steeped in now for a few years. And that's what he means with abide, it's like you've got to spend time, you've got to understand the depth of my love for you. And that's, that's how we get to abide in Jesus. That's, that's one reason you're all here tonight, is because this is how we abide. This is how we remember who Jesus is and what he has done for us. This is why we read scripture, and this is why we go to dorm worship, and this is why we sing along in the, to the Christian songs in our car. It's all ways in which we abide, in which we dwell in this space with Jesus. But abiding isn't just that, right? It's not just like, let's all put on our sweatpants and hunker down with Jesus, right? Let's just, the safe space is where we're going to be. If we know of someone who never leaves their house, we call that person housebound or homebound, And that's not something we want to be. We want to be people who go out and get out of the house. The house is a place where we're restored and where we're refreshed. But it's not the place where we just stick. And that's what Jesus is talking about here at verse 10. When he says, if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. You see, abiding isn't just the hunker down with Jesus. Abiding also means keeping his commandments. And the commandment that just runs straight on through all of this stuff that Jesus has been talking about is love one another. One scholar says, 
It's like have a heart for one another, have compassion for one another. And then Jesus takes it all the way and he says, lay down your life for one another. That's what this looks like. You see, the refreshment and renewal that we get when we make our home with Christ doesn't end there. It can't end there. Because once we spend time with Jesus and we get all filled up and we remember again his love for us and all that he has done for us, we can't not go out of the home and tell other people about it. We want to love other people. We want to serve other people. And that's the fruit. That's what he's talking about. If you're abiding in Jesus, if you're spending time with him and immersing yourself and remembering how much he loves you and that you are forgiven and that you are precious, you can't not bear fruit. You can't not go out and tell other people about Jesus and live a different life. That's the fruit of abiding. Your life is going to look different. So let's let's imagine what this might look like. Let's say you get to go home for Thanksgiving and you put your stuff in your room and you walk into the kitchen for a snack and you're excited about the snack because you know there'd be many snack choices that you like, but you notice that the garbage is full. That's a little smelly. And what you do, because you are people who abide with Jesus, is you roll up your sleeves and you take the garbage out and you tie it up and then you get a fresh garbage bag and you put it in the garbage container and then you take the full garbage bag all the way outside to the trash can and then you come inside and you wash your hands and then you get a snack. Because... Usually when we go home, we think about what we're going to get. We think about we're going to get a snack, and someone else is going to be there, and they're going to make food for us, and someone else is paid for NFL Red Zone. <laughs> we think about what we're going to get. When I get home, I'm going to get some love and some food and some sleep. Woo! We think about what we're going to get. But if we are people who have been abiding with Jesus... When we go home, we know that this is our true home. Jesus is our true home. And out of the overflow of that, when we get to our earthly home, we don't think only about what we can get. We think about what we can give. So you take out the garbage. When you go in to do all the laundry that you've been saving up for way too long, And you go into your family laundry room and you open up the washer and the washer's full. It's all done, but it's full. And you open up the dryer and the dryer's all full. It's done, but it's full. You take the clothes out of the dryer and then you put the wet clothes in the dryer, being sure to pull out all the things that can't go in the dryer. You get that thing dry. You put your clothes in. Then you fold the dry clothes, even though they're not yours. You fold them. (laughs) And then you say, hey, Dad, I've got your stuff here. Do you want me to put it away for you? Because you abide with Jesus. And because you abide with Jesus, when you go home, you are ready to give. Because out of the overflow of your heart and the love that Jesus has for you, you want to love up on other people. And so if that means bringing your dad his drawers in the laundry basket, that's what you're going to do. Because you abide in Jesus, and Jesus has invited us to love each other, to lay down our lives for each other, when you go to Thanksgiving dinner, you are going to be less concerned about getting the particular type of turkey piece that you want and more concerned about giving the right type of turkey piece to your annoying cousin. That's what it looks like to abide in Jesus. It's not, I'm going to spend all my quiet time with Jesus, I'm going to love on Jesus, and then I'm going to get to Turkey and be like, stand back, people. That is not what it looks like to abide with Jesus. 
Jesus says, if you abide with me and I abide with you, your life's going to look different. You're going to love differently. You're going to serve differently, and that's going to be fruit. And you can't not bear fruit if you spend time with me. So it's a good gut check to say, am I going to chapel, and am I reading scripture, and am I going to loft and church, and am I doing all this stuff in a way that I kind of hunker down with Jesus? Is my abiding like one-dimensional? Or is Jesus saying to me tonight, look, I've been feeding you up and it's time for you to get out there and serve up some people, love on some people, lay down your life for some people. To abide with Jesus is not to just go on retreat all the time. To abide with Jesus is to go on retreat so that you can go out and serve. That's what he's talking about. If you abide in me, you're going to obey my commandments just as I abide in the Father and I obey his commandments. And then if you're abiding in me that kind of way, whatever you ask is going to come because you're going to be so aligned with me and my Father that... You're just going to want to love people and serve people, and those are the kinds of prayers that God is eager to answer. The Holy Spirit comes along and points out to us, also there's pruning. Also there are things that are hard. And for some of us right now, we've realized like, oh, I'm doing the homebound abiding thing. I'm only doing the homebound part. And if I go home, my parents are not going to know that there's anything different about me. And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah. Let's work on that. Let's prune that. Or maybe there's like one area in your life where you're like, I'm very happy to serve these people who meet my specific qualifications. But I have a much harder time trying to serve these people who, you know, Don't even vote right. And maybe the Holy Spirit's like, you know what? It's time for some pruning. It's time for you to figure out the areas in your life where you're just hunkering down with Jesus and you're not bearing any fruit. Some of us have held grudges for a long time. Some of us have lied to professors to cover up our own laziness. Some of us are ready to go home and be super selfish. Some of us only abide with Jesus because we think it makes us look good to certain people. And tonight, Jesus is like, don't you want to be healthier than that? Don't don't you want to be healthier than that? Don't Don't you want to bear some serious fruit? I mean, we just we sang this great song about the things that I sow here are going to be reaped in heaven. That's the kind of language Jesus is like, how healthy do you want to be? How much fruit do you want to bear? Because if you're abiding in me and you're letting the Holy Spirit come on and prune you up, you're going to bear some serious fruit. Are you in? Because I am super excited about what you and I can do together. I am very excited about what it looks like when you abide with me and when you go out because of the love that you've experienced with me is just the overflow and you can't not love other people. I am so excited about what that will look like in your life. Are you in? Are you ready to abide? Are you ready to be rooted? Are you ready to make your home with me? I was talking with uh, someone this week who uh, was telling about the first time she went to her boyfriend, now husband's house for Thanksgiving. 
and she sat down at the Thanksgiving table and was uh, surveying the food and realized that they had instant potatoes. And she was like, what? It's like scandalized. Like, instant potatoes? Like, what even is this? And so she even pantomimed for me. She's like, I was like, and she's like, can I marry someone whose family eats instant potatoes for Thanksgiving? <laughs> like, and then, and then they came in, and when it was time for dessert, they came in from the garage with store-bought pies. And she was like, what even is this? I didn't even know they made those. <laughs> like, she's just scandalized. She's like, There's an image of a feast, and they did not make my image. Like, this is what I needed to do. And so she talked about how she had to lay down her own ideas about feast to really receive the gift of the feast that they were giving. Tonight, we are given the gift of a feast. And it is not turkey, and it is not stuffing. And it may not even be what you think it should be. You may be thinking, when I abide with Jesus and Jesus abides with me, the feast better look like this. He better feed me like this. And Jesus says, come home. Come home. Abide with me. Let me abide with you. If you obey my commands, you abide with me and I abide with you. That's the way this works. Come home to me. Come home to this feast because this is the feast that will feed you in ways you don't even know you need. This is the feast of true restoration. This is the feast of true renewal. This is the feast that shapes our souls and teaches us how to give more than get. This is the feast that shapes our souls and teaches us how to serve and not just be served. This is the feast that shapes our souls and teaches us how to love and not just look for all the likes. This is the feast where Jesus meets you and a really simple thing, I mean bread and grape juice. This is where Jesus gives you something to hold and says, come home. Abide with me. Because if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. And no matter what disruptions happen in your world, no matter when the Pop-Tarts come in for the oatmeal, no matter the disruptions that happen on this earthly home, you will find rest. You will find renewal because you will be home with me. Come home. Abide. Amen. Will you pray with me? Our Jesus, we praise you and thank you for your so patient with us. Thank you for inviting us again to look at what it means to really abide, to look at what it means to make our home in you, to look at what it means to be fed by you and then go out to serve and love others. Thank you that you are the vine, we are the branches. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that as we come to the table, it helps us one more time to abide. And we pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Obviously, I'm still sick, so. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And after he broke it, he said, this is my body given for you. Do this to remember me. And then after the supper, he took the cup. And after he blessed God, he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it to remember me. So as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Will you pray with me? We lift up our hearts to you, creator, redeemer, sustainer. We pray that as we take this bread and drink this cup, they will become for us in ways we do not understand the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Feed us at your table. Welcome us home. We pray in your name. Amen. Throughout the centuries, the Church of Jesus Christ has stated what they believe before they come to the table. And so we get to stand on a long line of people who have gone before us and said these things. So let's say together the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. Third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. For communion, we will come, uh, you'll go through your rows this way, come down and go back, and here this way, go back. You'll take a piece off the bread, and it's a feast, so don't take like, you know, this, take like this. Uh, pro tip, the middle is softer than the edges. And when you take the, uh, take the bread off, you dip it in the cup and you partake right there in the moment. Uh, Calvin College is not a church, and so we are glad that First Christian Reformed Church is here to sponsor our communion, and those elders will be serving us today. If you are a communicant member in your home church, you're invited to take communion here. If you're not yet a believer or you're not yet uh, someone who's committed themselves to Jesus, you're invited to come forward and receive a blessing, just cross your arms over your chest, and the person who is offering the bread will be honored and happy to give you a blessing today. If you need gluten-free, there's gluten-free stations at either side. Just ask the person with the bread, and they will get you the gluten-free materials that you need. <clears throat> materials isn't the right word, but we're just going <laughs> to Elements, elements would be the word. There we go. Very good. All right. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come home.
prepared, many of you, to go home or to be guests in the homes of other people this weekend. Just a reminder that some of the first people we are invited to love are our parents and step-parents and siblings. And you're going to go home, and you have grown up a lot in these few months. Tell them they can write me. I'll, t- I'll testify. <laughs> your parents and step-parents, if this is your first time away from home, they have not witnessed this. And they will have you frozen in time, as you were at the end of August. And you will get a text from one of your friends at about 10.30 at night that says, hey, we're going to Steak and Shake, meet us there. And you'll put on your coat and you'll begin to leave. And your parent of one form or another will say, what are you doing? And you'll say, I'm going out. And they will look at their watch because they're people who wear watches. (laughs) And say, it's 10.30 at night. And you're going to go, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. So in that moment, just remind them and say, it's cool. Mom, it's good. I've been doing this for a whole semester, and I've been fine. It's been good. I can do it. I will be back. Do you want me to text you when I get there? Would you like me to text you when I leave? Would that be helpful to you, Mom? Because I'm all about helping you right now in this moment. All right. So do those kinds of things. And here's another tip. If you have a story you can tell about a great thing that happened in a class that you learned or a great uh, Bible study sermon church experience, if you have those stories prepped and in your pockets, they will be very helpful to you. So just know that. Just have them ready. Think about them on the drive home. And then the other thing is if you came with a predetermined major, you thought you were going to major in X, and it turns out you don't like X, and you may be majoring in Y, or you don't know, The word for I don't yet know is not undecided. It is I'm an exploratory major. Okay? Exploratory. And if you're majoring in something that someone may find less than obviously practical, and they say, what are you going to do with that? And you say, well, you know, the Lord and I will be talking about that. (laughs) That's all you got to do. All right? You don't have to defend it. Liberal arts rock. Okay? So anything you're majoring in is fine. All right? Again, write, they can have, they, write them, sell them, write me, it's be fine. I'll, I'll got your back. All right? So go out, love your parents, step-parents, siblings. Jesus is with you. You can do it. And now receive this blessing from the God who loves you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.